everybody. Welcome to episode six of Podcast Rewind. I am Erica Jarvis, writer and creator of the blog, My Revamp Life. And with me, as always, is one of my best friends. That's me. I'm Amy Randolph. Welcome to episode six of Podcast Rewind. This is the podcast all about podcasts, where we bring you all of the podcasts that we just can't stop listening to this week. Um, so a couple quick reminders. What is this show, right? Yes, Amy, tell everybody what we're like doing. Like I just said, it's a podcast recap show. So you and I both love podcasts, big podcast fans. We listen all the time, and we love talking about uh, the ones that we listen to with one another. So for anybody that'll listen to us. anyone that'll listen, really, yeah. So here we are bringing them to you. We're going to do recaps of what we listen to, and we talk about some other things, too. Something that um, we find interesting in our we lives. Find interesting. We had a new development, if you will, yes. this week, which we started our Facebook page. Yeah, we did. It's yeah. super exciting. Um, if you are one of our friends and families that we're already currently friends with on the Book of Faces, we probably sent you an invite to like okay. us. And if we haven't yet, might we suggest just going into Facebook and searching out Podcast Rewind? You should be able to find us pretty easily a like and then you're going to be able to keep up to date with this show amy and i and it's all going to be in one place our instagrams will go there new podcasts yeah. anything we're talking about things that we think are interesting and funny that we want you to enjoy yeah so to kick off episode six let's have a cheers cheers we are drinking uh probably my favorite sunday beverage if i, I really had to rank i would agree and that's a nice glass of brute champagne <laughs> yeah a little celebratory because yeah we did do our facebook page it's another mm-hmm. not in our little podcast belt if you will also our first bonus episode came our out first this bonus week. episode came out this week and we got some really great feedback we did so you guys are so nice so much we had a really great time re-binging mm-hmm. Missing Richard Simmons and then chatting about it and uh, doing it over some Bloody Marys. Absolutely. So it's been a really great week. It has been. But is there anything in particular you're obsessed with? I'm obsessed with that now we can officially start talking about the Christmas holiday. <laughs> I think that We did it have, anyway. We did it anyway, but people brought out pitchforks. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. this morning I posted a uh, new blog post on my website I talking about, thank you, you know, um, every month or so I'll try to put out like a playlist of my favorite mm-hmm. new music of the moment or a certain genre and kind of do a backstory of why yeah. I'm writing about it. By the way, y'all, this girl knows music. Her playlists are... <laughs> Or not Thank for joking. You. Yeah, and I definitely save them. You can see, you can go back to a variety of other playlists I've had. But this round, it was all about like Christmas time is finally here. I may have been listening to it for the last month, and some <laughs> people, when they would find out, would honestly be so afraid as if I murdered. Yeah, yeah. But I people judge. Judge so hard, and it's like. Squeeze me. <laughs> you do you. I do, do me. <laughs> but I won't murder, and you also don't murder. No. Leave me and my Christmas music alone. So, yeah, I'm excited that we can finally start talking about it. We could say happy holidays, Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Hong Kwanzaa, Festivus, whatever you want, and listen to whatever you want. <laughs> well, according to the White House, we're only saying Merry Christmas. Oh, yes. Year. Make it But that's a conversation for a different podcast. A totally different podcast. I one that think. we have no yeah. backbone in talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Amy... I'm obsessed with that. We can talk about Christmas. What are you currently obsessed with? I uh, am obsessed with something um, that I got into yesterday. You're going to be so surprised to hear this. because Yeah. This is an old obsession that I'm like re-giving birth to. And um, that's the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. <laughs> You're surprised, aren't you? I almost made her choke. I almost made her choke. hates Bravo and all things reality shows. Brand new information. No. Okay. So... It, like, I love the Housewives. You do. As as a franchise. As a family member. But I abandoned my Beverly Hills ladies for a season. Yes. 
I was kind of over it. I didn't love what was going on with the Yolanda stuff. And, oh, yeah. Um, they were just, you know, mean. And, like, Vanderpump was getting mean. But, like, I liked watching her on Vanderpump Rules. So I just abandoned the Beverly Hills show. Yeah. Well, they're coming back on the air. And I, yesterday, was watching TV on demand. And I actually was trying to watch part two of the OC finale. But it wasn't up on demand yet. And I was just in a housewives mood. So I went, Hmm. Huh. What you oh, got? The entire last season is is which up right up now, on. which I gave up on and hadn't seen. I am now four episodes in, and <laughs> I adore it. Oh my god! I had heard that this new housewife named Dorit was on with her like weird husband PK. Yeah. And boy George lives at their house. What? They're everything. Boy George lives at their house because PK is his manager. Oh, I was like, and does Boy George not have any of that culture club money and can't afford a home? I think that I, I don't know. It's a weird thing, but. Look, I'm here for it. I'm obsessed this week oh with gosh. Beverly Housewives. Season 7, not the current episode, Season 8, that's right. running on television. Well, here's the thing. Um, I know you just said that you love watching Vanderpump Rules. Have you heard the drama that's been going on lately? Oh, no, what's so happening? So Stassi from Vanderpump has her own podcast called Started yeah. with Stassi, right. which I listened to back in the day and slowly started to fade my way out of it. Mm-hmm. Girlfriend did an entire pod the other day about hashtag me too. Yeah? And how she felt that it was a witch hunt for men. Oh, boy. And hashtag Stassi is over party, trending everywhere. All of her um, sponsors dropped immediately. No way, really? I mean, she might have one or two left. And just went on like an Instagram story rampage of nobody understands my sarcasm. You know, the Mm. world's not ready for my opinions yet. And I was like, oh, girl. Yeah. And I mean, she went on, and I didn't listen to it because she pulled it offline, but she went oh, on. Oh, really? About, she pulled down the show? She pulled down the show, and she was talking about how, like, well, nobody can really force you to come to a hotel room if you don't want to. Oh, Jesus. Stassi. <laughs> That's not how this works. That's God, not how any girl. of this works. Anyway, so some drama in the podcast world this week with her. So we'll see if she makes it on to Vanderpump Rules this season. So, well, when you started saying that, I was about to say, oh, of course that came out. She did something controversial right before the show starts back up oh, this week. I think about that from like a marketing perspective. Well, that was my initial reaction. But if she's lost sponsors, she has, yeah. she oh, wouldn't I have given all of her sponsors. People were like, hey, Brand- hey Brandy. Hey, Bravo Andy. It's time that you like dump her. Brandy's fine. Brandy's Bravo fine. Bravo Andy can be anyway, Andy. Anyway, we super digress. But there's some little podcast drama for you in the podcast world. We hopefully... We'll never have any drama like that where all we're doing is talking about other people's podcasts and sharing them with you. So let's do that. So Amy, I think I'm going to go first this week and yeah. I think you might actually be a little surprised. Okay. I am yeah, putting on my turn signal. I'm getting out of my lane. <gasps> all right. Are you getting into my lane? Because I'm going dark in my lane tonight. <laughs> okay. So maybe. I don't know how we'll right. describe this. Well, I started listening it. to a podcast called Lore. L-O-R-E as in mm-hmm. like folklore. Oh, okay. So this um, was episode 64, Behind Closed Doors with Aaron Mankey. All about New York City. Mm-hmm. And all of the, like, stories that have really been buried under history for the last hundreds of years. So if you think about it, New York City, very old in yeah. regards to, you know, L.A. You know, it's been around for, like, four or five hundred years. Not as old as St. Augustine, um, but the Spaniards got there yeah. first. Um, so they talk about a variety of different ghost stories in New York City that you've yes. never heard of. So um, I won't go through all of them because I really want the listeners to go back and take a listen. Yes. The guy's got a really great voice and the way he tells stories. And these ghost stories are really fascinating. So um, first thing he shares is that, you know, Washington Square with like the big arch. You've seen it in a bunch of movies mm-hmm. um, where... Harry is dropped off by Sally, and when Harry met Sally, and they get to New sure, York City, if you say so. shaking your head, I can't believe, still can't believe you've never seen it. Seen it? Have it on DVD and on like Amazon. So whatever venue you would like to watch it, let me know. I will get this in front of you. 
So, um, I'm oh, sorry. The podcat just bit my ass. Well, she's not a fan of ghost stories. Ugh, that cat. Uh, so anyway, so Washington Square, beautiful. People go there and have their lunch. Um, maybe what they don't know, 20,000 bodies buried underneath them. What? Still? <laughs> Still. And we're talking shallow graves. What? Foot. Maybe no one cleans feet. this up? Well, here's the thing. Department it's all been covered with and cement. And so then, oh, okay. So they can't get to it. trees and flower beds and you can't get to it. Ugh, so way back gross. in like the 1700s, um, it was basically a potter's field. So it was kind of like the burial ground for the, the homeless or who they didn't know. And the plague and the gale of fever just swept through New York City. And oh, just yeah. couldn't bury people fast enough. So they're all under Washington Square. Which is like, <sighs> people in New York, they talk about how like it's such a country in and of itself. Like I worked in the city for three months like, 15 years ago, but you're just head down getting where you need to go. You're on the subway, you're up, you know, running through taxis, getting your Starbucks, because there's one on every corner, and you just are kind of oblivious to the history that that city had. Yeah. I mean, even now, Times Square has its own place where you can, like, you know, park it and have lunch, and back in the day, no one went to Times Square, because oh, it, yeah, it was, like, was the dirtiest place right. in the world. Yeah, so... Really interesting to hear all about, like, Washington Park and how, you know, I'm sorry, Washington Square. And just a few blocks away from Washington Square is this beautiful brownstone on, I think they said 10th Avenue. And back in 1957, Jane Bryant Bartlett lived there and for about 16 years complained of suffering from, like, extreme paranormal situations. And over the, like, the hundreds of years, like, the hundred, hundred years that that brownstone was up, there were dozens of deaths in the building. Like... One or two, okay. Okay. Dozens. Murders like, or like mysterious illnesses? Mysterious illnesses, murders, just All random right. deaths. Yes. But, you know, people were dying in their beds back then. They weren't necessarily mm-hmm. going to hospitals. So they talk about how, like, you know, New Yorkers are just going through their lives, but there are just bodies that can tell Ugh. stories throughout the city. Gross. So um, there's a story of her, Jane Brian Bartlett, and her mother. Um, you would see, like, a, a man in, with white hair and a white suit in the mm. building pretty frequently and would introduce themselves as Clemens and I got things to take care of which seems really creepy but like ghost is talking to you but in 1901 Mark Twain lived in that building <gasps> no wow and what's his real name I don't Samuel know Samuel Clemens oh right and always wore white suits and had yeah. white hair very like KFC like the colonel <laughs> <laughs> like an updated version of Mark Twain um so the woman ended up actually committing suicide. That's how tortured she was. Ooh, and wow. she was about to publish a book about her experiences in this brownstone to the point where this brownstone is known as like the death building in New York City. Like people who know the history know not even to remotely go there. Does anyone live there now? Mm-hmm. Do you know? Yeah. yeah. People, people live there? Yeah. Oh, so then there's Brave. A, I know. So then there's like the very first highly publicized murder in New York happens in 1799. 21-year-old Elma Sands was killed and dumped into a well by her fiancé, Levi Weeks. Now, he wasn't proven guilty in a court of law due to the fact that he had obscene amount of money. Mm-hmm. But every single sign was like, you killed your girlfriend and dumped her in a well. Now, Rich men get away with this shit, man. <laughs> right? So now that well has eventually been covered up and is a restaurant. And people to this day still say that, like... You can see like a figure in the basement, which is where the well is, mm-hmm. and plates levitating, and all of this really creepy stuff. But here's a fun fact for you: Levi's lawyers who got him off, yeah. Aaron Burr <gasps> and Alexander Hamilton. Stop it! Call back to last week. Exactly. And so here's Holy the shit. Her family was so irate that he got off that her cousin, before the lawyers could like leave the courtroom, gets up, blocks the door, and screams. 
If you should die a natural death, I will assume that there is no justice in heaven. And who does he point at? Alexander Hamilton, who four years later was murdered by Aaron by Burr. By Aaron Burr! Holy fuck! Right? My mind is blown. I did not hear about that in the musical. Nope, nope, it was not in the, Well, you haven't listened to the entire musical. To I, be fair. I truly haven't, but I feel like you guys would have mentioned it to me when it came out. But anyway, so like. Shit, that's crazy. That's so creepy. Like, that's the lore that is going on in New York City that people have no idea about when they're, you know, hustling and bustling or when they're on their way to see Hamilton in New York City. <laughs> like, this guy had a curse put on him because he defended a guilty man. I know, so insane. So then, like, the last one that I want to talk to you about happens in Flatbush, Brooklyn. And Flatbush got its name because literally that part of Brooklyn, flat, yeah. trees, brush everywhere. Now you wouldn't recognize it to be as such. But so um, this house was built by a really wealthy Englishman who just kind of had a lot of money and really wanted to play and built a home that had like secret, you know, compartments as well as like a ballroom and like a banquet hall. And it's like that kind of money must have been out of this world back in the day that you could just put like a banquet hall in your house. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, in New York now, like a postage stamp costs like $2,000 to live in you and it's what? an 18-floor walk-up. You see in movies, people have like ballrooms in yeah. their homes. Like, so insane. We have to build a, a, ball, a ballroom. Uh, that, that fascinates me to think like a big-ass party room. like In, in your house. house. Like who's dusting that every day? It's the a maid. Okay. The maid in her little French suit. True. Well, so speaking of maids, oh, yes. the original owner of this house is constantly having parties, always in the gossip, you know, section of the newspaper. Leaves his house one night and never returns. No one can ever uh-huh. find him again. So this house is starting to have like little creepy things happen to it. So then a colonel, William Axel, who is like living in what we now know as um, Wall Street, is really done with like the island life, wants to get out, wants more of a countryside life. This home comes up for sale, purchases it. And he's about to move his family in, but first, he sends his mistress into the house Uh-oh. and moves her into a secret chamber in the banquet hall. And so the rumor <laughs> he's is... He's got her living in a closet. <laughs> Worth. So rumor has it he has his favorite slave, Miranda, which is a, a fucking horrible phrase to have in general. Favorite, my favorite, favorite slave. slave. I'm like listening to it like, Ugh. oh, yeah, like 1700s. Um, so Miranda is his favorite slave and is the only one that knows the secret. One night a week at midnight, he goes to the banquet hall, sits in front of the fireplace. Miranda goes to one of the doors that can only be opened from the outside and lets Isabella, this guy's slave, come out of her Wait, little the slave hole. or the mistress? The mistress. Miranda is the, mi- Miranda's the slave, Isabella is the mistress. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Isabella comes out of her little hidey hole, comes out, and as the guy said, the lover's Jew... Well, what lovers do. On the floor of the banquet hall? Listen, I don't know. So um, this is once a week. This is their life for years. He sees her once a week. And every day Miranda is like going in and feeding her and doing all this kind of stuff. Holy Well, then the um, Battle of Brooklyn breaks out basically in the backyard of this, you know, guy's home. There was a Battle of Brooklyn? Mm -hmm. I guess I didn't know that. Yeah, and this is all like a lot of, um, I believe, stuff that led up to like independence because... You know, this guy still has a loyalty to England, and they talk about that a little bit. And so the battle, you know, the war is about to break out. He knows things are going to get bad. He's probably going to be called away. So he has one last night with his, you know, mistress and begs her, here is money. Please leave. I do not know when I'm going to come home again. And FYI, Miranda's getting a little old. I don't know how long she's going to wait to be able to keep beating you. you. (laughs) Mistress freaks out. Absolutely not. I will wait for you. 
about. Oh, she really loves him for that once a week yes. love. Hey. So he ends up leaving at the king's order. Uh-huh. I need you to go, you know, do some fighting. He's gone for a year. Mm-hmm. And about three weeks before he returns home, unbeknownst to him, Miranda passes. And on her deathbed is trying to tell everybody, like, there's, there's a, a woman, woman in the closet. In the closet. You got to feed her. And they're like, oh, my God, in her old age, she's crazy. Oh, no. So no one believes her. So he comes home. This family has this huge, you know, party for him. Stop it. In the, the whole banquet hall. He's staring at the door like, I need to go get Miranda. He goes downstairs to, like, the slave's quarters only to find out Miranda had passed away. Oh, she was just dead down there? Well, no, the other slaves, like, clued him in. And <laughs> cleaned some things up. <laughs> exactly. But so goes back up to the banquet hall and is, like, kind of like, holy shit. She died about a oh. month ago. Oh. She's it. And so her bedroom is slowly going to turn into, like, a tomb. Like, has anyone what? fed her? You know, like... And the smell. Well, for sure. So then it's reported in the papers that during the party, the lights go out completely. <laughs> and a shadowy figure comes out I'm of like, the left side of the fireplace. This woman just shroud and just skin and bones basically oh. glides across the party floor, stares at her lover and screams, Betrayer! And he immediately drops to the ground and all the lights come back on. And she's gone. Did, Did he die? Yes. <gasps> so the story goes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And that was what was reported in the papers. Right. But according to the papers in England, he never went home. He actually, after the war, got his family, moved back to England in 1782, and passed in 1795 with no ghosts by his side. So, like, where does this story all come from? Mm-hmm. But here's where it does get weirder. Hundreds of years later, another guy is... Moving into the brownstone, but wants to move it. Likes the house, but doesn't like the location. Decides to pick up the house 400 feet. That's, That's so, so weird, weird when people do that shit. <laughs> no, it is. When you see a house going down the street, you're like, what yeah. the fuck is happening? <laughs> Just pick up my house. Just pick up my house. But picks up the house, and in the process is like, you know the left one with the bank at home? I don't think I really need it. I just want the main part of the house. Mm-hmm. So they go into the left side of the wing to destroy the banquet hall, and they find the secret chamber. Mm-hmm. With the skeleton of a woman who had been uh-huh. there for about a hundred years. Oh, I fully believe that some woman died in that closet. Uh-huh. Yeah, the, the ghost maybe. The ghost. I don't know. The whole way. story is really crazy, but um, I loved this and thought it was such a fun podcast to wow. learn about all of these different secrets. And so, like behind closed doors, there's a lot of doors in Manhattan. I'm sure there's a few secrets. There's a couple other stories I didn't share, but I really liked it and thought and got some. You know, goosebumps throughout the whole process. Awesome. So, so the, the podcast, podcast is called Folklore. It's called Lore. Lore. L-O-R-E. We'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. So, so they, they don't, don't only talk about New York, though. Every episode is Every episode is, is a completely kind of different. different one. And I picked episode 64 about New York. Just yeah. because that's where my whole family is from. And I right. worked there. And I wanted to say, like, what's this about? That sounds really awesome. Yeah, I was cool. I want to look that up because I love I love that kind of Yeah. And now you know too. about Alexander Hamilton. Another... Tidbit that Lin-Manuel Miranda failed to share with everybody. Well, you know, in an entire person's life, you can't pack it all <laughs> yeah, into a two-and-a-half-hour musical. Wow. Yeah. I want a little cool story. Yeah, you did. Um, all right. Do you want to hear my recap for the week? Yes. Okay. So I'm even going to, like, trigger warning this. Oh, no. Really? And this is kind of a, a – this is a, a gory one. Okay. Um, okay. So this – well, and I will say up front, like, the reason that it stuck with me, I actually listened to it over the summer. It was released in July. <clears throat> but it's something that just kind of sits with me because 
It's about teenagers doing teenage type shit and then it just goes off the rails uh-huh. and they handle it like teenagers do. And the people in this story were in high school about the same time we were. Ooh. And it is like I can almost see it and like see what they were wearing and the kinds of colloquialisms yeah. they were using with one another and that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. So As that's it, why I'm doing this. Okay. As uh, right. So this is uh, a podcast called Martinis and Murder. I like both of those things. Right. It's actually owned by the Oxygen Network, and it's, oh. it's a fairly new podcast. I would say that probably like the spring they started, about the time that Oxygen changed over into a full-time true crime TV network. Got it. Because it was like a women's, you know, like kind of network, like soft. Yeah, but it was like Lifetime, but not right. as cohesive. Right, and um, with a touch of murder. But they changed over to true crime all the time. And they also started this podcast called Martinis and Murder. It's hosted by uh, John Thrasher and Darren Carpe. Darren Carpe, taking it back to the housewives, is personal assistant to Andy Cohen. Oh, yeah. And she also does this podcast. Oh, that's um, good. Uh, this podcast, I listen to it all the time. They're really funny. They have a producer named Matt, and for whatever reason, Matt has some other job, and he doesn't want his voice to be recognized. He only speaks with, like, a voice changer. But he's also their bartender, because like I said, martinis and murder, yeah. they, they drink on the air, much like us. Okay, and, uh, like Matt, who are you and what do you do? <laughs> well, yeah, and I follow him on Instagram. Like, he's a real person. I can't, I, okay. I don't know. It's just a quirk of the, of the podcast that I kind of enjoy. Um, but this episode is called Insane Clown Murder. As in, like, the Insane Clown Posse? As exactly, as in the Nailed Insane it, Clown Posse. I am from that decade. Well, I, yeah, well, I already warned you. Yeah, true. It's, it's of our age. I did not, they were not my band. I think I heard one song and I didn't hate it. And But you know who did listen to that band, right? Like, you knew the kids in high school yes. that were listening to Insane Clown Posse. They were, like, Jenko jeans. Yeah. <laughs> you would describe and they had, them like, as the goth. chain well, belt. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, the black, the makeup, the spiky hair. Um... You, like I said, I know those kids walking yes. around my high school, you know, hallways. I can picture it. So <clears throat> let's start here. This girl named Sarah Kolb is kind of the center of all of this. Um, she is a kind of troubled child. Um, she moves to Illinois with her mom when her parents split up um, in her childhood. Her mom remarries. She doesn't get along with her stepdad real great. So, um, like, she starts listening to Insane Clown Posse. She goes kind of goth. She has a hard time, gets kicked out of school, and starts going to this, like, alternative high school. Oh, okay. Which my mom actually taught at alternative high school for a while when I was young. Oh, my God. The podcast is in the Christmas tree. Lola. She's so naughty. Anyway, going back. She knows we're podcasting. She knows we're podcasting. She wants to be on air. Okay, so like I said, my mom taught at one of these alternative high schools, so like I would I would go in sometimes, like oh, yeah. in the mornings when she would drive me to school. Like sometimes I, we would have to start there. So like I I know how it feels. Like it's small, and it is typically a group of like troubled young adults who don't make it in regular school for one reason yeah. or another. So um, she winds up at this school. She she meets this guy named Corey Gregory. Um, she comes out as bi, by the way. Okay. So she's like goth. She comes out as bi. She's really loud about it. Oh. And she kind of runs the group, right? Like, she is the queen bee of, like, this social goth insane clown posse group. Okay. 
So um, this guy named Corey Gregory, she becomes friends with, and he adores her and clearly has a romantic crush on her, but she's not interested, but she'll keep him by her side, you know, kind of like a sidekick. Well, and you think like the Mistress Me to the Captain Hook, like the soft, sweet one, the, you know, he'll do anything for her, um, even bad shit, but... You just kind of, oh, Corey. He's, you know, said to be very sweet and quiet, but he just, he sticks to her side. She's leading this group. People said that she could be a bitch. If you got on her bad side, she'd come for you. Oh, no. So, yeah, Sarah is, don't mess with fucking Sarah. Well, um, what happens is a new girl comes to town, Adrian. Adrian moves to town. Um, Adrian is a badass. <laughs> She's 16 at the time. She was having um, problems with her mom in Texas where she grew up. So she moved in with her. She moves up to Illinois to this town, to this high school, um, to live with her dad. Um, hopefully going to have a better time with dad. Um, she's cute. She's got that Texas accent. Everyone at the school likes her. And boys and like her. She gets, school she gets in this group. Yeah, I mean, she's had some hard times. She um, was a recovered addict already by 16. She'd been smoking Shit. pot since she was nine. <laughs> yeah, like I said, Adrian's a badass. She might have that cute Texas accent, but girl, girl, girl is tough. Um, so Sarah and Adrian are both kind of this alpha female, but they kind of fall for each other. Okay. And um, Adrian is not, she hasn't really come out as bi, but it sounds like she's just, you know, free love. Sure. Whatever. So Sarah and Adrian start this passing notes Aww. remember that back in the day yes. passing notes um and because like they're both girls too a big party is coming up and adrian asks her dad like can i have a sleepover at sarah's house after and her dad says yes i'm glad you're making friends sweetheart yeah and you know not knowing that they were kind of romantically interested oh, okay. in each other sarah and adrian so this party goes off and evidently it's a rager because adrian disappears in the middle of the party for a while and comes back downstairs and tells Sarah, I just fucked two dudes. Oh. So Sarah's like, what? Like, I thought we were getting together and that we were interested in each other. We've been passing notes. That's basically marriage. Uh, why, are you, why are you telling me that you just had sex with two guys at this party? I don't, I don't get it. It's weird. So the party ends. And then Adrian, you go back to school on Monday because that's what you do. Yeah. And Adrian is apologizing to Sarah. Oh, I'm so sorry. Let's... um. Let's forget this. I still kind of want to see where it goes between you and I. Sarah's kind of colder to her. And then Adrian starts passing notes to Corey, the, the, oh, yeah, the sidekick. Um, like, hey, Corey, I think I might like you. Maybe we should get to spend some time together without Sarah. Well, and Corey reports this back to Sarah, and Sarah's having none of it. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, Adrian is still trying to make up with Sarah. No one really, I don't really understand Adrian's motives in all of this. Hormones. High school hormones. High school hormones. Let's, yeah, let's go with that. So um, Sarah does agree to go to lunch with Adrian and have this talk. And they go off campus for lunch. Uh, They go to a Taco Bell. Corey drives the two girls, the three of them, go to Taco Bell for lunch. And that's the last time we see Adrian. Mm. So Adrian. 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 Oh, I I thought you were going to say Sarah, honestly. Well, remember how aggressive Sarah is. True. Um, so Adrian doesn't come home from school that day. After a while, her dad gets a little concerned, calls the police. They're not hot to it so much because they figure she's a runaway given her history and all of that. Yeah. Um, but a few days later, now they're going to start asking questions when we still haven't seen Adrian. This was a Friday, by the way, when she disappeared. 
It's about Sunday, Monday, they start making phone calls around to Adrian's friends. And the friends are like, yeah, you know, Adrian could have run off. But last time I saw her, she was going to lunch with Sarah and Corey. So the police call Sarah and Corey for these initial interviews individually. And they both tell the same story, which is that they had lunch together and they dropped her off in McDonald's parking lot across the street from the Taco Bell and they haven't seen her since. All right. So they're corroborating pretty pretty well. But then Corey kind of slips yeah, but maybe there's a little argument between the girls before uh, we dropped her off. But, you know, I wasn't really listening. I don't really know what it's about. And the police are like, okay. So then, you know, we're still not seeing um, Adrian show up. So then she, uh, Sarah gets on the phone with the police again. I don't know why we keep calling each other. Yeah, but bring down to the station. Yeah. Book that's, them. That's, yeah. <laughs> Book them, Dano. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Sarah then admits to the police when they call her back, yeah, we did get in a little bit of an argument over this note she wrote Corey that I'm not happy about. And, you know, you, again, so, like, think about, like, teenagers. You do that thing where you think that if you admit a little bit, people won't ask more questions. And that, you know, if you just a little bit admit that I'm wrong, they'll see that I'm just taking some sort of responsibility. And they'll be like, well, something else must have happened. Because kids are idiots. Yes, they are. So, um... So then, after the fourth day that Sarah or Adrian is missing, they do get called to the station, both Sarah and Corey. And both of them bring lawyers, so they know that they're about to be asked some serious questions. Oh, yeah. Um, but they both still stick to their story. We dropped her off in the McDonald's parking lot. We haven't seen her since. Yeah, there was a bit of argument, but she was alive and whole when we saw her last. And then the next day, so they, you know, let them go. They don't book either of them, but Corey kind of breaks down to his dad, and he's like, there's more. I need to tell the police. So he goes back to the police and he makes a confession on, I think this is the 20, this is the 24th, so four days after. Um, he, first of all, admits that the girls got into a physical fight, not just an argument, and that he did nothing to intervene and that um, Sarah beat Adrian and wound up getting her in a chokehold and, and killed Adrian by strangling her, basically, at the end of the fight. And, and goes on to admit more. So they had planned to, they, they kill her. They put her in the, in the trunk. And like teens do, they freak out. Like, shit, what do we do now? Well, I guess just about anybody would freak out. But they do. And the first thought is, let's go bury her on Sarah's grandparents' farm. Well, then they realize it's January in Illinois, and they're not going to oh, be able to dig too far. So then the next thought is, um, let's burn the body. So Sarah gets a can of gasoline, and they do take her to the farm and, like, take her out in the woods, and they try to set the body on fire, but it doesn't take. Again, because teenagers are idiots. They don't realize that, like, it doesn't just go up in flames like you do in the movies. No. Burning a body is, not that I've ever done it, but especially in the cold, wet winter, probably much more difficult than they had thought of it. So here's the next, so this is on a Friday, you know, that they had killed her and um, they don't know what to do with this body because they can't burn it and they can't bury it. So they basically cover it up with shrub um, in the forest and like, let's sleep on it. Let's think about what to do here. Um, but they don't go back out to Saturday to do anything with the body because Sarah has to go to work. Oh, well, yeah, you can't. No. You got to clock in. You got to clock in. You got to get make that, that paycheck. Money, honey. So, so Sunday, they go back. And um, this time they, they brought a chainsaw <gasps> and dismembered her body. Stop it. These kids are so fucked up. Right, right? They're only, um, what, 16, you said? Yeah, 16. I think Corey was 17. Jesus the girls were 16. 
Um, so they leave parts of the body there at the farm and they take some to a park and they put some in a sewer. So Corey admits all this, they're charged. Um, so then skip ahead to October of that year. Sarah goes on trial and she looks like super innocent and, you know, they trust her. Yes. Well, she wasn't the Texan. Adrian was the Texan. Sorry, Adrian was the Texan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the friends kind of come out of the woodwork about how, you know, dangerous she was. They bring out a journal where she had written down the day prior, I really want to kill Adrian. Stop it. So, yeah. Um, but... They also comes out at trial. You learn that there was a third person involved with covering up the body. And what I think of as an inspiring serial killer uh, uh, named Nathan. So this is a guy who had a known history of torturing animals. Oh, yeah. That's always the first sign. And uh, Sarah gets him enlisted in all of this by giving him a call on that Sunday morning and saying, Hey, Nathan, you want to see something cool? That's so fucked up. And uh, he's thrilled to see this body. But yeah, into yeah. this. He is part of cutting it up and distributing it around. So, gross. Um, so, and here's the other really gross part. After they had cut up the body and they had it in bags in the car, they were hungry and they went through a McDonald's drive-thru. Stopped and ate. Ooh. Stopped and ate. How could you stop and eat? I mean, it's because you're a sociopath. It speaks to you. That's how you're a sociopath. Able to even have hunger. But it also speaks to teenagers are so fucking stupid. Like they want to do their favorite thing. You want to do your favorite thing, but Jesus Christ, teenagers! Like the problem solving of all this. Like the the biggest like crazy thing to me is like they left it there for a day because she had to go to work. Yeah. You know, like just teenage. Thinking. It's not homework that you can get to later. Exactly. It's a body that of somebody who you like to murdered. It's, it's really crazy. It's gross. Um, but there was, uh, they couldn't get an unanimous um, agreement on the jury. So in her, in her first trial, the jury was hung. And so uh, they had to go back to a second trial. Um, and, you know, in the first trial, the defense had gone hard against Corey, saying he actually killed yeah. her and all of, and she had taken the stand and I guess not done so well. But well enough to convince at least one person on the jury that she wasn't guilty, evidently. So in the second trial, um, the the prosecution sends, puts out all the evidence that they had first, and then the defense just immediately rests, and she's convicted in her second trial. So she got 48 years, and at her sentencing, she actually stated, when Adrian died, I felt nothing. Oh! Right? Um, Corey doesn't even go on trial. He pleads guilty and gets 45 years. Nathan, it was only charges like an accomplice to covering evidence, and he only got three years. Ew, he's but so out, isn't he? He, well, he's out. He did get out after three years, but he passed in a car crash in 2012. Oh. So he can't Sorry, go yes. on to keep torturing animals and, and people. So that is Martinis and Murder, Insane Clown Murder. It's fucked up. It is fucked up. It is fucked up. But like I said, it, what it... What struck me about it is it's teenagers doing teenage stuff. You know, like when Adrian came in and upset Sarah's social, you know, feeling of status, people get mad. And I mean, I remember kids going overboard about you are taking my friends or you are taking my boyfriend or my, you know, my best friend, my sidekick. You're luring them away. Uh, this one obviously turned in a way that didn't happen in my school and in my oh, life yeah. growing up, but I recognize the situation and I've been in the situation, just different outcome. 
yeah, I got pushed out of my friend group for a little bit. Thank God none of them were interested in murder. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's typical teenage stuff, and they handled it in such a, even though they're psychopaths, a teenage way, but it, yeah. That's crazy. Isn't it crazy? Yeah, well, okay, so I've got some pop-up podcasts that I want to talk about, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stay in our lane right now. You and okay. I uh, both went to my parents' house for Thanksgiving this past week. The Jarvis has had me as an honorary family member. Honorary family member. Always welcome. We call her our bartender because of your fantastic Bloody Mary skills as well as you pour mean red wine. I do my best. <laughs> but um, on our way back when we were hitting some, you know, St. Augustine, Orlando, Florida traffic, we found a brand new podcast called yeah. Heaven's Gate. Wow, and yeah. I really want everyone to start listening to this one. They're only about six episodes in. I think it's going to be a little bit longer than that. It's so. going to They're be dropping series. once a week, I think. They are dropping once a week. And guys, Heaven's Gate, it is that cult you remember from the late yes. 90s. So it's all about these 39 people who we heard about on the news, you know, in their homemade black outfits, those black sweet Nikes. We all remember that yep. photo covered in a purple shroud and ended up taking basically like a Kool-Aid Suicide mixture. Cyanide. Yeah. Cyanide, yeah. Yeah. Um, That's where the phrase, like, they drink the Kool-Aid comes from. Yeah, and I believe that they ended up killing themselves when the Hale-Bopp Comet came over because they thought they were going to hitch a ride and head up to Heaven's Gate and, you know, be with the aliens and... Well, they were super religious into Christianity, but there was this other supernatural piece of it. They believed that they were going to get on the comet and go to space where Heaven was. Yeah. Or, you know, live celestially. I don't... Whatever it is. The first three episodes have been really interesting. The host, actually himself, grew up in a very cultish, religious world. So Uh he has a bit of an understanding and can kind of help the listener understand this. Like how you could live in that circumstance. How you can live and be so, you know, we as normal, not to say normal, but we as, well, not in these worlds are just like, that's crazy. How could you do that? Mm -hmm. And he's kind of helping you understand that viewpoint we only heard the first three episodes. There are yeah. three more already out there for us to listen to. I definitely offer this up as a unpacking once it's all done in the future. Yeah. You and I just go to town on this one because it's been really fascinating so far. And I hope everyone else has the opportunity to take a listen to it yeah. as well. Take a listen to it. I, I think you and I both had some thoughts about kind of the way it's put together is a little bit weird. It's a but little I'm, clunky. I'm hoping, yeah, it's a little clunky, but I'm hoping as we go along that it's going to get better or that something will happen that'll make me realize why there's been some kind of weirdness just to the production yeah. level. The production the level definitely isn't the greatest, but the content, I think, is really right now outweighing that. Mm-hmm. And if you don't mind hitting the skip button every now and then for what sounds like two minutes of just, just interlude music. space music. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I don't know, but I did want to get that one out there and keep in that like dark, twisted yeah. lane. Do you have any that you liked this week? Yeah, I I did. I actually listened to this one a couple weeks ago, but it's been sitting with me. Uh Um, This is not in my lane, actually. This is totally not something that I would typically listen to. But remember two weeks ago when I talked about stuff they don't want you to know? When I talked about the Titanic conspiracy? This is another one... um, from stuff they don't want you to know and like I just kind of got into a little bit of a vortex listening to a few of those Um, but this one really says something that's so interesting and I keep kind of thinking about it and the episode is called um, Moving to Mars with Marshall Brain so Marshall Brain is actually the founder of the How Stuff Works entire network oh okay but he's got this side project where he's writing basically an online book and putting it out chapter by chapter called um, Imagining Elon Musk's Million Person Mars Colony. So Elon Musk, inventor of the Tesla and, and so many other amazing, so many other amazing things. things, kind of like the inventor of our generation, it Agreed. seems like. You hear his name everywhere, like, Elon Musk is going to come up with a, you know, solve yeah. for that. 
Well, I guess he does have a plan that he's putting together to move upwards of a million people to Mars and thinks that he can create a habitat. Yeah, no, I'm not going. That, you know, he could legitimately train all of these people and, um, you know, build a spacecraft, build a habitat on the planet and um, start a colony of upwards of a million people. Um, which is a fascinating thought, and you think if anyone can do it, it's probably Elon Don't Musk. Don't just to them up as babies, because isn't the trip to Mars, like, at least 30 years? Well, I think he's trying to expedite it. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. but I don't know. I don't know if you're cryogenically frozen while you're on the way. Oh, like I that movie, Passengers? I don't know so much about Elon's plan, but, the, but Marshall Brain, who's putting out this book, which is basically knocking down how that would ever really be feasible. Oh, okay. So he was saying, like, okay, let's say you can build a colony. You can build the infrastructure. Let's say you can get a million people to go. And let's say you can build a spaceship to take them out there. You put a million people up there. How are you going to sustain life? Oh, yeah. The infrastructure to manufacture. Someone's going to murder someone, by the way. Someone's going to murder. Yeah. How are you, you going to put up a government? Um, how are people going to have babies? And how are you going to educate new children? How are you actually... Yeah, and like if you think about the infrastructure for, for manufacturing that we have all over the world... You know, like, when you first go, you're going to take blankets and sheets and canned food and all that shit, but it's going to run out. And how are you going to remanufacture that? What's your power that? source? Are What's you your trying power to use, like, Well, they would, you know, they would set all that stuff up initially, but the long-term thought of um, maintaining those yeah. systems. And, you know, while we continue to further technology down here, how are we going to get it up to you? Um, but then again, he said something so fascinating that's been sitting with me, this Marshall Brain guy, that there's kind of a thought, like, if you think about... There could be ways that this is good for humanity if it could ever work out. Think about all the Syrian refugees that actually have no place on this earth that is safe for them to go or that, you know, they can feel comfortable going. And what if we took all of the people that are being forced out of Syria um, or are trying to flee from Syria and we somehow were able to train all of them and they can go up to Mars and start the colony for us. Someplace, you know, they don't belong anywhere on this earth, you know, according to different governments and the, the hate against and the fear against these Syrian refugees, like what if we, what if yeah. they start the colony up there? So it's a it's a win win. We, you know, they get to be in a safe place, and we don't have to worry about what to do with the Syrian refugees on Earth anymore. Totally. So interesting thought, and the whole the whole episode was really interesting. But you know, this Marshall Brain guy, founder of How Stuff Works, is pretty much debunking that that's actually yeah. a viable thing. But Probably evidently, Elon in our Musk, lifetime especially. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Elon may may surprise us all. He needs to work on procreating and like making sure his brain passes on to some other people. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, this one is not in my lane. I'm not like a space addict no. and, you know, like... Uh, oh, I know. Yes. I kind of like that stuff because I read The Martian in a day. Oh, yeah, you did. Like and that. Like, it was a great movie. until the movie came out. Well, if I, I have one more pop-up. It's a thousand percent in my lane. Okay. <laughs> it's called The Morning Breath. Now, this is a dual podcast slash Facebook Live show. It's hosted mm. by Claudia and Jackie Oshry. Claudia herself actually became pretty Instagram famous with the Tumblr post, Girl With No Job. When she was interning <laughs> in New York City when she was in college, she was doing a Tumblr called Girl With a Job. Her company Uh-oh. found out about the Tumblr fired her, and she immediately oh, turned it into Girl With No Job. No. And now Girlfriend has one of those Instagram pages very similar to, like, the Fat Jewish, where it's memes and funny content. And, you know, she's an influencer in and of herself, hundreds of thousands of followers. Her and her family, it's four sisters, um, all living in Manhattan, and we're talking... They all live together? I don't think they, they live together, because this girl's actually married. I'm 20 
62, by the way. Hey, Way to find the one. Yeah. Find the one. Get um, her and her older sister, Jackie, are the hosts of this show. And Jackie actually has a background in um, marketing, was a social media manager for AOL, and then Huffington Post. So these girls understand social media, I think, better than a lot of people and have cracked the code and figured it out. So now they're doing their version of a morning show. And each day it's five quick hits, things you need to know before you put your feet on the ground and before you smell your own morning breath. Mm-hmm. And their thought is like, you know, The View is a thing, Kathy, Lee and Hoda is a thing, but, you know, we're in our 20s in Manhattan, we don't have anything in common with these older women, and we think different stories are interesting. Yeah, so, so it's like hot topics, but... Very hot topics, sometimes they've got celebrities on, oh, cool. or it's just the two of them, but like I said, you're listening to their morning show, so you've got the podcast version of it, and fast-talking Jewish girls... <laughs> They're like 10 years younger than me, but we completely have the same opinions on a lot of celebrities. So it's just a fun, quick one. I know that's so embarrassing for who I am as a person. It's so embarrassing for you. I also don't care. Like, no, you do you, girl. Spirit animals. Spirit sisters. You do, yeah. um, I really enjoyed it, and I think that they are a hoot. I follow them on Instagram, Snapchat, these sisters. Shit. Cool. Good job, sisters. Um, can I plug one real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Before we end up. Um, I listened to one this week. We talked about the Me Too stuff with Stassi's misstep yeah. earlier. Huge um, When the Me Too hashtag started, the podcast that I've talked about before, Stuff Mom Never Told You, um, yeah. did an episode called Hashtag Me Too. They put out Hashtag Me Too 2, the Louis C.K. edition this week. Oh, yeah. Because um, they both are in the entertainment industry. Yeah. And, they, you know, um, you and I... We have been big fans of Louis C.K., both yeah, of us. Yeah, it's really exciting. And sometimes we just speak to each other. Like, we like a lot of stand-up comedy. And sometimes we just speak to each other in, like, stand-up quotes. And, like, people around us don't know what we're don't talking about. anything we're talking about. So but I need everyone to listen to Patton Oswalt, John Mulaney, not Louis C.K. anymore. Because we can't quote that asshole. No, but I was just about to say, like, you and I could decide to go to a restaurant and what to order just, like, through... T- yeah. stand-up quotes yes. to one another and um, I want all the ham I want all the ham <laughs> that's a Pat Oswalt for those of you out there uh, but Louis C.K. was a big you know big favorite and yeah his material was always like dirty yeah but I didn't see this one coming and that's kind of what they talked about on the podcast and also like he kind of did something different than a lot of the celebrities um, and businessmen and politicians have done where he came out right away with a yeah I did that and a, a kind of what felt like a heartfelt um, apology and the girls were saying like they were both kind of impressed by that apology at first and then to stop and go no wait no can't be no. impressed by a he doesn't get apologizing either yeah, exactly exactly so it was a good listen uh, I recommend it stuff mom never told you hashtag me too the Louis C K edition awesome I'm definitely gonna have to check that one out he is a problematic fave and I don't even, know if it's just problematic at this point yeah he can't even be a fave anymore but one of my favorite things Amy is that if anybody listening to this podcast wants to listen to us. They can do it in a variety of different ways. Yes, Last week we announced we got into the Stitcher app. Mm-hmm. We are also in iTunes. Working on maybe even getting into Google Play because we got yep. some feedback that people are Google Play podcast listeners. Awesome. So I don't want to stop anybody from listening to this podcast. So we'll be in any platform that you guys are interested in. Yeah, we'll work so on that. So leave us a note on our know. new Facebook wall. Yes. Or if you wanted to, you could send us a DM or check us out on Instagram or Twitter at podcastrwd. As well as even drop a line at podcastrwd at gmail.com. Yeah. But in the meantime, I'm also on Instagram and Twitter and have been blogging up a storm lately. So, guys, feel free to find me at Erica Jarvis. As always, I'm Erica with a K. That's right. Well, and I noticed you started a Facebook page also. I for did your blog. start a Facebook page for my blog. So, you guys today can too. check her out there too. And if you want to see what I'm doing, 
Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at I'm Amy Randolph. Amy is spelled A-M-I-E. And we have to every week announce how to spell our names because our parents either didn't love us enough to give us names <laughs> where we could never even get souvenirs as a kid that had our names on them. But no. now you can pay a lot of money for personalization, and we do. Yeah, yeah it, mine, mine has a reason, but it's too boring to talk about now. Um, so... With that being said. With that, until next week, folks, don't forget, be kind, rewind. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.